Brian Pia, a married mom of two, want to be Martha Stewart, would rather spend her time planning elaborate dinner parties when in reality, I'm procrastinating about making my family matching t-shirts with my cricket maker. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brianne, and I'm an HGTV and Hallmark Channel junkie. I currently live in Houston, Texas with my husband and three young kids. What about being from the Bronx? Oh, you made fun of me last time I said it, so it's nice to make out. Well, now they know Brianne's from the Bronx. The boogie <laughs> Hey, Pia. Hello, Brienne. How are you today? I'm good. So we have a guest. Yes, we have my friend, Hanya. She is here because today we are talking about school choices and Hanya homeschools. And well, I'm going to let her tell how long she's been homeschooling and why and whatever. Hi. Um, Hello. I have been homeschooling about seven years now. And this is not at all what I thought I would be doing. It's never <laughs> my intention. Because you were going to med school, weren't you? Yeah, I was pre-med in college um, up until my senior year. And then I just kind of realized that was not the path I wanted to take. And so I ended up taking some education courses and just fell in love with that. And then became a high school chemistry biology teacher. And I taught for almost 10 years before mm -hmm. deciding to stay home. I had my first child. Um, but again, homeschooling was not on the radar. I was like, he's going to the best private school <laughs> available. <laughs> but um, I think I remember when you had that switch, when you started to question what you wanted to do. And I think it's at that moment when all mothers, they, are, they want to be protective of their children. They see where they want them to go or that direction in which they yeah. want their family to progress. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, when he was about one, I found a mom's group, just some ladies I met at the library. We all had kids that would be starting kindergarten around the same age. And so we started this group and we mm -hmm. would do play groups once a week and field trips together. And uh, a few of them were talking about homeschool. And so I was kind of curious and like, well, you know, why? And just kind of in conversations with them, uh, I went to a homeschool convention with one of them. I think my son was two or three at the time, just okay. to kind of feel it out. And I thought, oh, this, you know, especially being an educator, right. um, I taught, I have a master's in education. And so I thought, hmm, who could teach my kid better than me? Mm -hmm. uh, I was a little intimidated because I had never taught someone how to read. It's <laughs> <laughs> so scary, though, right? I think that's like the most intimidating thing in the world, teaching someone how to read. Okay. Yeah. For me, I. No, it totally was. I think because... for me, it would be chemistry. <laughs> And that was what was scary. Like, I know how to read, but I don't know all the rules and all right. the, you know, uh, parts of it to be able to teach it. Um, but what I quickly found out is there is so much out there. Like, right. there's literally, like, homeschooling for dummies. So there are <laughs> scripted <laughs> curriculum. I mean, sir, I always tell people, if you have the desire, then you can do it. Right. It's just, do you have the desire, do you have the patience and the willingness to do it? Um, because there's so much curriculum out there that can like script it for you. And, but yeah, that first year was, was harder than I thought when I first 
told my husband, hey, I'm thinking about homeschooling. He jumped right on board and wanted to homeschool through college. And wow. <laughs> yes. Well, he was not ready to cut the umbilical cord. Oh, Is he ready yet? No, he still doesn't. <laughs> so even when I have moments where I'm like, oh, I don't know if we should keep doing this, he's like, well, I'll do it if you don't. So, oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's support. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, he's like, you're the one that brainwashed me into <laughs> following this path. And so... I, I drank the Kool-Aid, so I want to keep doing it. Well, while we're there, while we're right here with support, would you mind talking about how your husband supports you? Because right now, there's a lot of talk about support and women receiving support. So I, I like that you say that your husband supports you in homeschooling. So would you mind sharing how he supports you? Yeah, he, he has off most Fridays, mm -hmm. so he homeschools them. So he's my substitute teacher every Friday. <laughs> I get a day off. Yeah, I get a day off. I go out to lunch with friends or I run errands or come here and talk <laughs> to you too. <laughs> so yeah, he's very supportive. And then any day, night of the week, if I want to go out just because I need a break, right? then I, I go out like a couple nights a week. So there's self-care built into this. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Like he is, he is tremendous as far as what he does. He makes the breakfast in the morning, gets them ready. We'll even tell him to do school when he leaves work if, for some reason, I'm not up yet. They'll, uh, they're at the point now where they're independent. Like okay. my oldest is almost 12. I have a 10 year old and a seven year old. They're independent enough that they can start their schoolwork on their own. Yeah. So how does your day look? So I get most days we they are up way before me. They'll have breakfast. Now my 10 year old cooks breakfast for everybody, so she cooks for us. And they'll eat breakfast. They'll be playing, and if there's uh, somewhere we need to be by lunchtime then they know to get their work started. So like my younger two, they can do their math and writing on their own most of the time. My oldest can pretty much do everything on his own unless he has a question about something. So he'll get up and start doing his work and then the two girls that are younger, they'll start to do their work. And then when I get up, I'll, you know, shower, get break myself breakfast, <laughs> and then, uh, um, then do reading with each of them. Okay, so yeah. reading is something that you do one-on-one -on -one with, with the girls, yeah, because okay. they're not quite independent yet with their reading. Okay. Whereas my son, I mean, once he was like second or third grade, he read well enough that he could pretty much do a lot of the stuff on his own. Well, what is the stuff? Like, what is the stuff? So like? he does math, writing, grammar. Um, it's just workbooks? History. Well, some of it is workbooks, but, a, well, so like we are part of a homeschool community called Classical Conversations. So we okay. go once a week and there... He is, does a class that's called Essentials, so it's a grammar class and a writing class. Okay. And so he has homework for that. So he can do that on his own. So he'll write a paper usually once a week, and he diagrams sentences every day and um, copies these charts with, like, grammar on it. And so he does that on his own, or he has, like, a book where he does editing, so he has a paragraph he has to edit. Um, and then he can just take the answer, can he check it himself, or sometimes I'll check it. And then he does a math page. And if it's a new lesson... The math curriculum I have has a video of a, the ah, person teaching it. Okay. So now he's at the point where he can watch it himself and mm. usually figure it out. If he can't, then we go watch it together, and then I'll just kind of explain it in a different way, and then he can do it. But if it's not a new lesson, he pretty much can do it on his own. So instead of going to school five days a week and the teacher may be lecturing for 15 minutes and then the student spends like the rest of the next 35, 40 minutes doing working class, he gets that lesson maybe once a week and then he can do the rest of the work yeah. on his own. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you, is it hard for you to get your kids to actually do the work? No. I mean, there, were, there have been moments throughout our journey that it's been hard. At the very beginning, it was really hard because my son 
really wanted to go to school. The first two years, okay. he was like, I want to go to school. And it was, he just wanted to ride the school bus. So <laughs> I tried to make it clear, if you went to school, you're not going to ride the school bus. And so he, the first two years, really kind of would complain about it. But then when he realized as he got older, he was done by lunch. Mm-hmm. And he'd have to wait two or three hours for his friends in the neighborhood to come home to play. And then he'd ring the doorbell, and they had homework. What you did before noon. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. now they 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 appreciate being home too. The girls never wanted to go. I think they just yeah. kind of always knew, like, nope, we like being at home with you. And they see brother doing it already. Yeah. This is this is the way. So but now it's just it it works for our family. Like you know, my husband doesn't go into work till like nine, and he's usually home by five thirty or six, and he's off most Fridays. So. You know, if we were to have to take the kids to school, it would drastically change our morning and our lifestyle, and it would just feel like we're rushing to place to place. Now, like, we're pretty much done by noon, and we can do field trips whenever we want. We can do all our activities in the afternoon, and it just works very well for us. And you never have trouble with, um, oh, I don't want to do this math sheet, or... Oh, yes, I do. Oh, wait, what, is, <laughs> what are some ways around that, some tips for some homeschooling moms or some or moms who may want to homeschool, but they're worried about that? My Well, like this week, the our neighborhood kids are on spring break. So, of course, first question my kids ask, are we on spring break? And I was like, no, because we take breaks whenever we want. And I always tell them, look, if you'd like to follow the, the schedule of the kids around here, we can do that. But they do one field trip a semester, whereas we do one a month, <laughs> right. you know, and we take time off to go on vacation during off-peak times. Right, right. So, you know, that's, you end up getting more time off than the other kids. And they'll fuss and complain a little bit, but then they'll get it done. I'm like, the time you spend arguing, you could have been done with one subject. Like, just get it done, and then you can play. Here's all right. that. <laughs> all right. The only, I mean, the only, if I must say, uh, the only thing that, that's hard for me and most homeschooling moms that I know is just being with your kids 24 seven. That's the I hard think that part. would be my hard part. Yeah. It's not the schooling. The schooling is the easy part. It's the being with them from morning till night. And then if you don't have, like I have friends that their husbands travel a lot. So they literally are with their kids 24 seven for days on end. I don't know if I could do it if it was like that. I mean, my husband gets home pretty early. I mean, there were times when the kids were younger, he would be like, I'm five minutes away, and I'd be in the garage, in the car, keys in hand, ready to back out. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes having the house to yourself. Like, I, I'm, a, I am a stay-at-home mom, and right now, well, actually, we're going to break the, the grandparents' house right now, but I know that just having the house to myself is so nice. So I think that's something I that I would miss. It. That was something mm-hmm. I, I'd miss. Well, and I implemented when my kids were really young, my son was about two, I started, or three, when he stopped napping, I started this thing called quiet time, where he would have to just basically leave me alone. I would be <laughs> in my room, door shut, but he loved listening to audiobooks. So I would get audiobooks from the library, and like, you know, he wasn't old enough to be able to put the CDs in the CD player, but I'd record like six stories onto one CD, right. stack the books in a pile, and he could listen for an hour to book after Brilliant. book after book. And he wouldn't bother me because he enjoyed it. And right. then he might be like, oh, CD's done. I'm like, okay, let's get another one. And so I could get a good hour and a half That's a time, time to myself. Two other not even expensive. Like $3.99 on, on Amazon. What, audiobooks? Yeah, like the kid ones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But the fact that you, you can look at the pictures with them at the library is obviously cheaper. Yeah. But still, three ninety nine for an hour of quiet. Well, you have to get a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one book of all you maybe. That is true. But now, like, my kids love Adventures in Odyssey or any kind of story on CD. Yeah. I could put that on and, and they could listen to, you know, if they listen to the same stories over and over and over. And they just Andrew, listening. Andrew listens to podcasts before he goes to bed. So it's just, I tried, he loves podcasts. I tried that. Um, and there's like a story podcast for kids. That, I don't know which one he listens to. I have to ask my husband, but he listens to it. I, I've tried that. And I've also, um, I've gotten an audiobook, like a Disney audiobook that we currently own. And they've just not been interested. But the picture ones, they've been um, more interested in, like, in the shorter stories. Yeah. Okay. It's like a they, book and there's a CD and there's a book and a CD it. that goes yeah. with it. For some reason, that's more interesting than it happened to get. Because sometimes the audiobook doesn't really match the dialogue or, or the words of the book. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think what happened was I got the audiobook before I actually had the book, and we happened to get the book for a Christmas present. So I'm going to print it out again. You do that. I'm going I'm yeah. to print it out again with this big, it's just those big, thick Disney books, like the five-minute um, uh, bedtime stories, and they're like pretty thick, like, I don't know. About two hundred pages. <laughs> I'm gonna bring that out and see. <laughs> like, you here's your book here. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> well, you, I bought a Curious George book. It was basically like ten or fifteen stories. I mean, it was like six CDs. So it came with six CDs, and it's a big hard cover um, oh. book. And so they now that they know how to work the CD player, they can just listen to that. So my son will listen to stories while he does his schoolwork. Right. Which drives me nuts because I'm a I need silence. I cannot be work with. So I used to not allow him to do that. I'm like, no, you, you can listen to music without words because that's how I am. But then he started doing it because he had he didn't have headphones. But then I noticed he he was doing his work was not. He was still getting good grades. Like right. he was still performing well. So I was like, well, obviously he can do that. So Whereas my daughter, I know she can't. My so. son can't either. And he wants to I'm like, no, because you're listening to the story. You're not doing it. Yeah. But I notice he'll listen and I'll hear it turn off. So he knows when to, when he needs right, when to he turn it off too much. So he's become, and this was my goal. When I was first decided homeschooling, I really wanted my two main purposes where I wanted my kids to be critical thinkers and to be independent learners. Those were the two things that I felt were missing from, um, from the public school kids that I used to teach. All right, well, it's time to take a break and we will be back in just a moment. Okay, Hanya, so how do you feel about your goal to create critical thinkers and independent learners? Have you accomplished that? Definitely, yeah. I think with, especially with my son, he's in sixth grade and he does his schoolwork by himself. So he won't necessarily start it on his own. I kind of have to push. <laughs> But when I say, you know, hey, if you want to go on play later, if you want to go do this in the afternoon, he knows he's, and he has, I created a checklist written out. So he knows what he has to do, includes practicing interest, instruments and, um, and all his uh, schoolwork and he'll get it done. And then my middle child, she just gets up in the morning and starts doing it. Whatever she can do on her own, she will do. And the younger one just follows what the middle one does just because she wants to be just like her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're definitely independent learners. Um, and as far as the critical thinking, you asked that at first, I was like, I don't know, I have to think. But I can think of an example. Just a few weeks ago, one of our homeschool community, we were studying artists um, from ancient, not necessarily from ancient times, just artists. 
and their different work and then we do a sample um, project related to it and my seven-year-old was like why are there no female artists like she was very upset like why is it just male artists we're studying and so yeah so i was like wow that's a perfect example where and they're constantly asking questions about you know, whether it's what we're studying or what's going on in the world or things they hear from their friends going on at school. And so, yeah, they, uh, I think, I think <laughs> I've somewhat accomplished okay. that goal. I mean, in the beginning, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, are you worried that you're not going to, you know, they're not going to measure up with the kids that are going to school, their counterparts, and are they not learning the same things? And, and I, I had to essentially unlearn my schooling as far as an educator because for me my goal of homeschooling wasn't necessarily to replicate what was going on in the school system i wanted to create something different because if i want critical thinking and independent learners you're not getting that if i'm not getting that in a school system then i can't necessarily replicate that so in the first three years all i did was reading writing math that was it i didn't do history i didn't do science i didn't do anything else because i knew that once you can read, you can learn anything. Right. I have that same belief. Yeah. And it was hard because I had to kind of undo my own learning to get to that point. And I remember my son being in kindergarten and my husband saying, well, how, how is he doing? Like, how is he, um, is he, is he where he needs to be? And I was like, in comparison to whom? Right. Who do you want me to compare him to? Do you want me to compare him to, you know, Joey down the street who's in kindergarten? Like, is he learning the same thing as he is? I don't really care. That's not my goal. If he can read, write, and do simple math, he can learn anything. Like, how many of us remember what we learned in high school? I don't remember everything. There's a lot of stuff I don't I'm remember. Like, we all stop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of it. And even what I learned in college for my major, I don't remember everything. I think if you have the tool of learning, that's what's most important, not necessarily the information. I think exactly. a lot of times schools just teach information. Right. They don't teach kids how to teach themselves. Or how to apply what they learn in one discipline to another, because that's one of the hallmarks of learning. If you can take what you've learned in a history class and apply it to science or social studies in some way to use that, integrate that information into other studies, which doesn't always happen in all settings. So, right. Now, I have a question for you. When you were, um, when your husband was asking, how is, how is he doing? That's one of my concerns. I'm always questioning Pia about this. Like, how do you know what grade level they're on? How do you know um, that they're getting what they need to get? Just as, because my kids, they go to public school, but they go to a um, non-traditional public school. So in a way, I have to unteach myself certain things. And just as a mom, just like, I don't, on the path of um, comparing my children to other children, I'm, I'm learning that I have to get out of that thinking pattern myself. But still, you don't want to know that your child wants to go to college and is not ready for college. So how do you make sure that you're on that path? Well, I mean, right now there's still, my oldest is just starting middle school and he, um, has learned so much just on his own from all the reading that he does. He loves to read, and so he reads stuff all the time. He's really into history, so he likes to read history. I mean, he's learned things in history that I have only learned in the last two or three years. Just right. a lot of history that wasn't that's not taught in traditional schools. Um, I don't know. I guess I feel like if he has the basic skills, like obviously with math, there's just one way to really one type of math. You can't like t 
teach different kinds of math. And so, oh, how somehow we've messed that up. <laughs> guess, yeah. Oh, no, my friends. We've, we've decided there's a lot to math. Sally, calculus is calculus is calculus. It's not going to change. Right. And so he, hopefully not. <laughs> the math that he's learning, you know, he's on track to eventually do pre-algebra, then algebra, okay. and, uh, geometry, and so forth, what you would do in a traditional school just how he's learning it and how he's applying it is a little bit different um he, and how do you know that he's on track is, is there does, does he go to the state to get tested or just from the books that you're using like how do you know that um well the, you can take the state tests like i know a lot of homeschoolers that do take the state tests you you can opt in i opt out because i i'm very much opposed to standardized those kinds of standardized tests because as a teacher i remember when I was in the public school, we had to teach to the test. Right. I mean, we would stop what we were teaching to teach to the test. And that's something I never wanted to do. And so since I don't have to subject them to those tests, I don't. Right. Obviously, when he gets into high school, he's going to have to take the, or all of them will take the SAT or the ACT. Um, but again, you can do t test prep courses for those. Right. When he gets, when they get into high school, obviously it's different because I'm going to have to create a transcript. I'm going to have to create more school records so that he can apply to college and then they will be able to somewhat compare them to other students. But right now I'm just more kind of focused on the skill set, the skill set mm -hmm. of learning, but obviously getting the basic math skills in. And then as we get older, you know, we're leading into that. So the reason I, how I know how they're doing compared to other kids is they have friends, their same age. We are part of a homeschool community. So I see him in class and how he um, does compared to peers around his age. But you know, I mean, the way we set up grades is such, it's so arbitrary. I mean, if you're born August 2007 to, you know, July 2008, you are in sixth grade. It has nothing to do with ability or skill or maturity or anything. It's literally just based on when you were born. Which and is not how corresponds with how children learn or no, with their not level at all. development at the time. And I guess for me, I, I somewhat homeschool. I pay someone for instruction, so I'm not a real homeschooler. But... <laughs> Um, I don't have much faith in the state scores because I can't give you an exact number, but at least two thirds of students in Texas and nationwide who attend college are not prepared to take college level courses. They are only eligible for remedial courses. So knowing that I really, I don't look to the public schools as my litmus mm -hmm. for how my children are doing because by and large, public school children aren't ready for college. Right. Because if you're saying two thirds of who go to college, we're not even talking about those who didn't attend. Right. And the number who attend college is far less than the number who, who graduated overall. To me, that sets the bar low for a public school. I don't want my children to right. meet those metrics. I want them to exceed it. I mean, if you look at our education system compared to the world, we are ranked very, very low. And we just keep pumping more money into standardized tests. And if the, the kids are failing the test, we just make a new test. And they just keep changing test after test after test, whereas lots of research has shown that that is not helping and that's yeah. not what is going to get our nation to be able to be comparable to other countries as far as our education system. I mean, Finland is a perfect example. We were like right next, I think we were, I don't know what the number was, 29th and they were 30th, something like that as far as um, education in the world. 
and then they revamped their whole education system. They didn't make the school day longer. They made it shorter. They created more recess. They took away homework. Like they changed the whole system, and now they're like number one in the world. But we just keep, we have this mentality. similar to that as well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the European countries have always done that or are switching that way, and they're, that's why like we have such a discrepancy from high school to college. Like we have kids that are in college, like you said, are taking remedial classes, and they may have taken AP classes in high school, and for some reason they get to college, they struggle. Because um, they don't now, have a strong foundation. Do you feel that this is a this is across the board in public school, or do you think that certain public schools are better than other public schools? Um, <laughs> and I think I know. I think I think it's across the board. To be honest, having taught, I mean, I taught in an urban school setting, and so I definitely can see the difference between there versus like. I remember going to visit a high school here in Houston as a teacher because, and this school had been ranked like top 10 in the nation. It was like a U.S. News and World Report. Mm -hmm. And I went and sat in on a few classes and I'm like, this is no different than the classes I had in high school. It's just, you're, you're servicing different kids. You have parents, interesting that we're talking about this week with the whole college board scandal. You have parents that are investing money. Right. These kids are going to public school, but this is like the best public school in Houston, okay. and now it's ranked nationally. But I look at it, I'm like, it's just teachers lecturing at students, and you have um, these kids that are supposedly successful, but it's like, I think it's what's going on outside. Like you have involved parents. Who's at Kumon? Who's at Bethany? Learning all that stuff. Um, but for me, having I went to a public high school many years ago, and then I went to an Ivy League undergraduate school. And that was the first time in my life where I had to study. I never studied in high school. I took all AP classes. Did your parents pay and for I went to supposedly a real estate. We didn't have that kind of money. <laughs> um, it was just, I remember just looking at my friends or people I knew in school that had gone to the famous private schools, Choke, Andover, Exeter, and how they were much more prepared than I was. So it was a-, a And say that again so my husband will listen because when I say I want my son to attend Andover, he's like, my son's not going away from school, but there's a difference. And he's always saying, there is no difference in the quality of education between private schools and public schools. Like, no, you can't just lump all private schools together because if you ask me, 99.9% .9 of private schools are just as problematic as public schools. But oh my goodness, take that. <laughs> oh, I have no problem saying it, but there's a difference in education. And some children just have... I, I think better. you want... Uh, you want your kids to be challenged because I have friends that went to the same high school as me, but they had to work in high school and they were more successful in college. Yeah, I didn't have to work they in high school. got the study I mean, skills. Really that was the that, big difference for me is that yeah. I did not have to work in high school. So we I never were gifted. <laughs> <laughs> I just never learned study skills. Well, yeah, I didn't either. I, 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 I hear that so often. Um, my kid never had to study. So when the time came that they had to study, they didn't know how to study. And they lost interest. It wasn't hard, you know, whereas the kid who had to keep working, yeah. you know, understood, you know, how to work they're hard. Not, they're not and, deterred by hard work. Right. And whereas they're not they, also afraid of failing. No, no. And that's really important. Yeah. I think it depends on the kid. I, 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 I wouldn't necessarily make a blanket statement that all public schools 
are bad or will not prepare your child for college. It depends. If your kid has to work hard in high school and they learn those skills, then I think they can still be successful and competitive in college. Um, and then, I mean, I know people that went to these private, you know, fancy uh, private schools and then ended up at, you know, <laughs> Brown with me. And I'm like, how did you get in? Now, you know, seeing what's going on in the news recently, I'm like, oh, that's how you got in. <laughs> yeah. And also, there's also the um, social aspects of school and what you, and how that's going to affect your yes. child's ability to learn. Like if they're in some place where they're not comfortable because of race or finance, economics, then um, they may not do as well. Which is so, true. Yeah. And I think that's a little... so it's, it's all about, you know, what we're, we're talking about, school choice and making what's the right choice, not just for your child, but also for your entire family. Because you are a unit. And it seems yeah. like you got it. Well, <laughs> you found it for your family. And, and, and I used to, I would say five years ago, I used to, you know, preach homeschooling is the best. And I used to, I would never say it in my mind thinking like, how can you not homeschool your kids? You know, this is what's best for you them. you thinking that about me. <laughs> <laughs> just in general, not specific I people. Know. But now I realize it's what works best for your family. If you are homeschooling or public schooling or private schooling and it's stressful and it's not working, then you have to reevaluate. It has right. to be what's working well for you. So even when I have had struggles, especially this fall, I really, really struggled. I did not want to homeschool. I was just done. And it wasn't because I still, I didn't think it was best for them. I was just overwhelmed and stressed and I was dealing with my own kind of mental health issues but I still knew what the goal was to do, have critical thinkers and independent learners. And so that goal never changed. I just needed to change, you know, get help for myself and just, you know, do more self-care to make sure that I could continue on the path that we had chosen because it is what is best for our family right now. And every year we reevaluate and figure out from there where we're going to go. I'm glad that you were candid with the fact that you experienced some health issues and that you sought treatment because a lot of people would not be willing to say that. Right. Just, it's just perfect. Exactly. But there's no problem. It's perfect homeschool world. Like, it's no perfect world. Thank you for sharing and being open with us. No, because maybe that's going to benefit someone. Yeah, I was, I was, it was tough because this is something I wanted to do and I knew this what would work for our family and it was working, but I was getting to the point where I was just so stressed out and so overwhelmed that I just, I wanted to just, I'm, I called the school. What do I need to do to sign my kids up? Scared my kids to death. They've never been to school. They were crying. Like, why do we have to go to school? We'll do all that. <laughs> we'll do whatever you want. You don't need to right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, they sometimes well. just have to change things. And... Well, I'm glad that you all found a way to make it work. And, you know, I'm going to be following the journey because high school is on the horizon because your oldest is what, going into seventh grade. Yeah. So in two years, I'm sure you're going to maybe reevaluate or look at diff integrating different options into your homeschool. So, yeah, we'll probably have you come back because this conversation is not over. There's always I don't think there's a guest that we haven't asked to come back. Exactly. <laughs> coming back. We want to learn more. You know, because sometimes like maybe we should talk for an hour, but then thirty minutes is enough. Yeah. But thank you for coming. Yes. Thank you for coming, Hanya, and we enjoyed talking to you. And yeah, is there anything that you would like to close? I'll just thank you for having me. And I always enjoy the opportunity to just share about homeschooling and kind of our journey with it. And if it encourages someone to homeschool or to continue homeschooling, then 
I feel like my work is done here. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye. The podcast is over, but that does not mean that the conversation has to end. Connect with Breanne and I on Instagram at Mommy, Where Is My Shoe? Or you may email us at podcast at Mommy, Where Is My Shoe.com. We also have a website, so check it out www.mommywhereismyshoe.com. Before you go, do us a favor. If you like Mommy Wears My Shoe, the podcast, please rate us in your app. And if you don't like it, email us at podcast at mommywhereismyshoe.com and tell us why. Either way, thank you for the feedback. Goodbye.